Happy Friday, everyone. Welcome to Life in a Leo. I'm your host, Rebecca Dengro, and this is episode 39. I am so sorry for not getting something out sooner. There is no excuse, and I apologize. I just want to thank everyone that has continued to remain patient and continue to tune in. We really appreciate it. I have a great episode for you today. I hope you enjoy. I got the chance to speak with Marla Rainieri. Marla was an elite gymnast in New Jersey who suffered multiple injuries throughout her career. She continued competing in college for Stanford University, but again was plagued with multiple injuries. As a result, Marla went on to study human biology and economics at Stanford University and get her doctorate in physical therapy from Columbia University. Marla's goal was to become a physical therapist and give back to the sport she loves so much, gymnastics. She has certainly done that and continues to be a huge advocate for making sure you are properly taking care of your body so you can pursue your dreams in the sport. With that, let's get right into the interview. Good morning, Marla. Welcome to Life in a Leo. I'm so glad to have you with me today. Good morning. Thank you for inviting me on here. The first thing I think we should start with is why don't you just give a little bit of introduction about yourself and how you got into the sport of gymnastics. The more you can share, the better. Great. So I'll start about how I got into the sport. I was a younger sibling and my sister was very, very active, kind of like one of those ADHD kids. <laughs> and my mother put her in gymnastics because it was a recommendation from the doctor just to get her energy out. And so, of course, being the younger sister, I wanted to do whatever she did. So I was fortunate enough to start a little younger, even though my sister was um, 11 when she started. I oh, was wow. eight. So, you know, probably still later nowadays, people start at like five, but it definitely for me was younger than my sister and just sort of fell in love with the sport um, and wasn't really the best gymnast to begin with. I wasn't flexible. I wasn't pretty. I uh, didn't have good lines, but ended up <laughs> working really hard and becoming an elite. So um, did, did, a, did a very good job in the sport. That's awesome. Where did you grow up doing gymnastics? Did you always go to the same gym? Yeah. Uh, well, no, actually, I started at a gym called ENA, which uh, was in New Jersey. And I was there for a little bit until I kind of got pretty good. And then we switched over to North Stars in um, in New Jersey. And that really is a very well-known gym that's produced a lot of high-quality level 10s and elites and scholarship athletes. And I finished my career out there and absolutely loved that gym. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I know that gym well. <laughs> what is What was your best event as a gymnast? And is that the same as your favorite event? My best event? My, my best event was probably actually floor and vault competing wise, but bars mm -hmm. was my favorite event. Um, I probably had more skills on bars, I would say, but I always ended up getting injured with my shoulders. So in college, barely even competing even though that probably was my, my favorite and the one that I just absolutely enjoyed doing. Oh, wow. What, what made you love bars so much? Um, you know, I, I don't know. I just love swinging. I had a lot of really unique skills. My whole bar routine was probably in a front giant grip um, and everything was, you know, Jaeger, double fronts, heelys, uprises. It was just, it was just a fun event. And I just felt like I, I can make up a lot of different skills and combinations and enjoyed it. Oh, that's awesome. And what made, like, were you just really powerful and that's why floor and vault were your best events to compete or? Yeah. Yeah. I think that, you know, I, I had, um, floor, I, I had a pretty jam packed floor routine with a full in a two and a half front double pike. Um, and just, you know, would always kind of score pretty, 
a lot higher on floor and vault, but just really, you know, it, I mean, I enjoyed, I enjoyed all three, probably just beam was the one I, I didn't totally love. <laughs> <laughs> when you went to college, did you end up doing all around or did you drop beam? So I had a rough go in college because I really came a little injured and then had um, four shoulder surgeries while I was <gasps> in college. Yeah, wow. I had, and at the end of the day, I ended up having five on my right and one on my left, but actually during college I had four. So, wow. so I never really competed bars much. Um, I did compete some beam and floor and vault, but it was always kind of sporadic. So I was getting back from surgeries, um, every season. So it was a little oh rough gosh. in that sense. <laughs> wow. Well, so let's take a step back. How did you, like, what, can you elaborate on your club experience and how you got to be an elite gymnast? That's, there's so many athletes that participate in the sport and so few that get to that level. So if you can share what that journey was like. Absolutely. Um, like I said, you know, I wasn't the hand-picked one as a little kid. Um, I just sort of worked my butt off and just kept doing better and better. And when I switched to North Stars, um, my first year there, I made level 10 nationals. And Wow. Yeah, and I was young, you know, so it was it was a great it was just a great learning year. I learned so many skills and just totally made a 180 in my gymnastics. And then they they had asked me if I wanted to try elite, and I was the most excited kid to try it. <laughs> um, so I um, I would do the pre and after school program, which meant that we'd go to the gym around 5:15 a.m. and we'd practice for a little, and then we'd go to school, and then we would go back to gym. That was not that was prior to these, are sorry, homeschool days. So uh -huh. now, you know, kids do homeschool, but we didn't have that program yet. So we would go before and after school. And I just, you know, I eat, slept, breathed gymnastics. I, I loved it. Um, I would get mad if I went to bed past 10 o'clock because I needed to go to bed on time to get ready for my, for gym tomorrow. And, you know, and I was very, very serious about it and just worked really hard and ended up passing elite. And, um, even though my coach told me that the compulsories was going to be very rough for me, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I made it past, um, and, and had a pretty su successful elite career. Just again, had a few injuries that had set me back and some surgeries as well. So I had an ankle and a wrist surgery, um, and one shoulder surgery in club gymnastics. Oh my gosh. Now, what do you think the difference was between like when you, felt all that growth in the sport happen when you transitioned to North Stars. What was it that was different in the coaching style or the mindset that you think helped get you to that point? So that's a great question. My first gym I was at was sort of a chuck it gym. It was like, great, try the skill, do it. There was real no basics. There was no conditionings. We did all four events, but it wasn't like we had a scheduled conditioning program that ramped up and ramped down. We, um, our conditioning was actually cleaning the gym, not going to lie. That was, we had to fluff the pit and clean the windows and that was our conditioning and move the mats. <laughs> so, you know, there was really no, it wasn't a well thought out program in terms of the structure. And I do want to mm -hmm. preface the ENA that exists now is different than the ENA I went to. They were two uh -huh. separate gyms. So please, you know, for anyone listening to this, the ENA now is a very different gym than the one I went to. And so... So, you know, so then really I had done pretty good at that gym. I did well for what was there. So when I switched to North Stars and it was just about basics and about learning the the, the movements and the um, the proper positions and getting corrections, 
you know, I spent an entire year at ENA trying to learn a front giant by myself on the pit bar with not a single correction. And then I went to North Stars and the first day I made it over because they said, oh, push out in your shoulders and make sure your shoulders, your, your, you know, your, your shoulders are open. And I just went right over. <laughs> so wow. it was just really about the corrections and the work ethic and the form. Uh-huh. And the conditioning. It was a very, very well thought out conditioning program. Tony Gaiman is fantastic when developing those programs. Um, and I think that made me just a stronger and allowed my capabilities to come. Wow. And how many people were part of that preschool, after school sort of elite training program with you? We actually had a really big group of elites back then. We had a seven and one of the girls even made uh, Olympic trials. So that was Alyssa Beckerman. You know, so cool. Yeah, and and all the girls. I mean, we had a we we had a deep team. We had about seven elites at one time. I think if you included, there was a uh, an, a national and an international elite back then. So if you counted international and national, there was about twelve girls. So it was a, a very big program of us, and um and it was great having that because everybody pushed each other. Everybody was super supportive, and you really had a team to grow with. Yeah, that's impressive. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. Did you, do you think like you guys fed off the energy of each other and it just elevated everybody to be better? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh-huh. You know, we had a really good dynamic. People weren't people were just encouraging and just everyone would work harder and harder and people would call each other out if they cheated. <laughs> it was it was a wow. good it was a really good group. That's awesome. Oh my gosh. So then the next phase in your gymnastics career, you decided to go on and compete in college gymnastics. How did you determine what school to go to and what was your college experience like? So I, I really, um, I wanted to go to Stanford since I was in eighth grade. I printed out the top gymnastics programs and the top academic programs in the country. And then I just tried to find which one was on the top of both. <laughs> and so wow. my goal was to really look for one that was really high in academic that would also qualify to be that upper echelon gymnastics school. Um, mm-hmm. So, of course, you know, I, I was looking at Stanford and Michigan and a bunch of other programs that kind of had both. And when I went on, I was, I was fortunate enough that back then you would go on five recruiting trips and you mm-hmm. met as a junior and then you would be able to choose where you wanted to go. I know a lot has changed and now they're trying to bring it back to that because I thought that was a wonderful way to decide where to go because I actually got to meet the team that I was going to be a team with because, you know, it was I was a junior and um, I also got to see the school. They took us out and we they they took us to some events. We went to a football game. Um, you really spent the whole weekend there. You got to meet the coach. You saw practice. And that's how I was able to determine that I wanted to go to Stanford. And really, it was more about just the feel and being out there and seeing the environment and and clicking with the girls and choosing that school that was a right fit for me. Very cool. What are some of your most memorable moments from being a gymnast, either club or college? I would say one of my, you know, I I really loved being at USA Championships as a club kid. Um, That was an awesome experience. You know, you were there with the big names, people who I always looked up to. Uh, and competing against them. And also you were the, the guys team and girls team were there. So everybody got to know each other. It was a small, <laughs> it was about 25 girls in, in elite, you know, so you really got to know everybody. Um, yep. so I loved, I loved USA championships and being able to be there on the podium and compete and in the spotlight, one girl at a time and all of that. Um, what year was that, that you competed at championships? Let's see. Um, okay. I graduated in 01. So it was like 
1998, 99, and 2000. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. Yeah, so we, I, I really enjoyed that. And then I would say my favorite part about college was that you were just part of a team and that everybody, you know, it wasn't just determined on how you did, it was how your team did. And I thought that was really fun and exciting and kind of took the stress off a lot too. Yep. Yeah, I would agree. I loved college gymnastics. <laughs> so I'm going to change things up really quick. I want to ask you, did you ever have a lucky leotard or do you have a leotard that you just have in your memory as being your favorite or most memorable? Yeah, I definitely did have this velvet Leo, I guess velour, they'd say, um, which isn't as popular now, but back then it was super <laughs> comfortable and I really enjoyed it. And it was a, a purple velour Leo and it was kind of my good luck Leo that, you know, I'd also, I'd wear a lot over the summer during learning new skills and, you know, the beginning of meat season um, when we were starting routines. So I definitely had a favorite Leo. Awesome. Going back to gymnastics a little bit, when you went to Stanford. Did you know what you wanted to study or did you decide what to study while you were there? I pretty much knew that I, I, I knew that I wanted to be in the health field because I had so many injuries. I originally was dead set on being a doctor. And of course, because I had so many surgeries and the doctor who did all my shoulder surgeries in college, I was very close to. And he actually advised me against it and told me to do physical therapy because I was, I loved the part that I got to know him, that he was my friend, that he was a confidant. I loved my therapist and I loved helping people and, and meeting people. And he, he said that in the, the medical world, the physician relationship, the only reason he had it with me is because I had five surgeries. But most people, <laughs> they see for about 10 minutes and they never see again. And so he actually was a big mentor in my life. And his life was, his wife was a physical therapist and said, you know, I think you'd enjoy that more because of the compassion you have towards people and the way you actually want to really impact how they do and, and be there for the, the ride. And so that really molded that my, my final career decision to actually go to physical therapy. Awesome. So now uh, you've been working as a physical therapist. Can you give us a little bit more insight into what your career is like and how you've continue to remain involved in the sport of gymnastics. Absolutely. And, you know, it's it's crazy how when you go into the sport, you want to, uh, or into the field, you you think, oh, I definitely want to treat gymnasts, right? And a lot of yep. people do that initially. Um, I have been fortunate enough to actually 100% treat gymnasts. <laughs> um, <laughs> so my, my career, you know, I started as just a general physical therapist in the outpatient sports department and had a wonderful experience at Hospital for Special Surgery, which is one of the top hospitals in New York City, and had started to see more and more gymnasts while I was there. I created injury prevention assessments for gymnasts where I could take a look at them from head to toe to tell them about their body and what they what's going on right now and what they need to work on to prevent injuries. So any kind of um, imbalances or weaknesses and kind of say, hey, you should really work on this area or things that they may be prone to and tell them how to prevent it in the future. So, you know, that's something I had created. And now my, my physical therapy career has kind of molded into where I'm actually inside gymnastics gyms. I am back at the gym I trained at, North Stars. I'm there. <laughs> and then I travel to a bunch of different gyms and do that as well, as well as seeing gymnasts in the clinic. So that's that's really been fantastic. And on the side of, um, you know, one, one of the other days of the week, I'm, I also work for a technology company where I've created a an app that helps connect patients to physical therapy clinics called Better PT. 
And so that's sort of a project we've founded and we're working on and it's, it's, it's doing really well and it just really is helping people find the right physical therapy for them and actually schedule physical therapy right through the app. Oh, that's very cool. So when did you start the app? Uh, a year and a half ago. It's, you know, we, it's a startup, but we we finished Series A. It's, it's actually a working product and something that people are using and continues to grow. Does it have full domestic reach or is it sort of like regionally based or how does it work? It's, you know, we're, we're really big on the East Coast, but we do have clinics all over in terms of um, connecting patients to physical therapy. And it's sort of like how you can schedule your hair appointment online or through an app. It's the same thing. You can see all about the clinics, see available appointments and actually schedule an appointment. I found it great for my population. Of course, I have the young gymnasts, and so nobody would ever schedule an appointment at the gym. <laughs> they yeah. would just come and show up and say, treat me, you know? So I was trying to really make it a little more streamlined and say, get on the app and just just schedule your time. <laughs> right, so, right. Um, so that's sort of how it came about, and um, now we have it going through all different clinics, so anyone can go on there and search for a clinic and see about it and see appointments and schedule. Do you guys vet the clinics at all or is there like a rating system to determine if the clinic, like if there are multiple in an area, how do you determine which one might be the best for you? We do. We do. We actually, we absolutely put the, what we feel are the best clinics on the platform. And um, we do that by, we either get recommendations from doctors. We say, what clinic do you like to use? And we reach out to them or we've gotten recommendations from patients or other physical therapy clinics. Um, And we also look into their website and make sure that they have uh, you know, as a physical therapist, I vet them to look to see if they have higher level therapists in there, you know, what they're, what they're saying about themselves, the kind of care they're giving. So that's probably why we've grown, grown a little slower because we do vet the clinics. Uh-huh. That's great. Yeah. Cause the, when you were telling us about what you do, I was just thinking like, how do we clone you everywhere? There's <laughs> gyms all over the country. Well, so this, this is a good way to do it. Yeah, yeah. Well, we also, you know, for my, my company that I work at, it's actually a very large company that has a lot of clinics throughout. Um, and so I've trained about eight other gymnast physical therapists and put them in gyms throughout the country. So we have, um, we have a few in Alabama. We've got one in North Carolina. We've got one in Pennsylvania. So I, I do, I do, I have helped led that up for our our company. And so we do have trying to clone, and so we do have people <laughs> doing that. Uh, but of course, it's you have to find the right person. So they have to have been a gymnast, and they have to be a physical therapist, um, and really have good right. knowledge. And that's so again, it's not open to anyone in the company. It's open to those people who have that specialty. Got it. Do you have advice that like? just sort of general advice you can share about injury prevention and rehabilitation and like how, I don't know if there's a good general way to think about things, but if there's anything that you can share that you think would be helpful, um, that would be great to understand. Absolutely. So I tell people, and this is one of the most important aspects of gymnastics that people forget about, is that their posture is their handstand. Every day I look at these gymnasts and I see them with the rounded shoulders, the rounded upper back and the anterior pelvic tilt. So their belly kind of hanging out a little bit. And, and I think to myself, oh, you know, and I, I stress it to every girl in the gyms I'm at is that the more you work on your posture and you work on keeping those shoulders back, your core engaged and your, your pelvis neutral and your knees soft and arches in your feet, that turns into your handstand. That turns into your giant, your round off, your round effect handspring, and that's where your power comes from. So I really try to hone in on what they're doing outside of the gym and what they're what they're doing to help make themselves better. You know, they always say, how can I, you know, what should I practice? What should I practice to get better in gymnastics? And I say, well, really, you should practice your posture and your postural strength because that 
is like learning the basic skill in gymnastics. It is your most primary basic skill. Um, wow. So is it a matter of doing like more core strength and strengthening the places like to help align your posture or is it really just being so aware all the time that you're constantly working to stand and sit with the best posture? So it's it's a it's a mixture of both. It's really the awareness is super important because people end up creating bad posture because they're young, they're still pliable and moldable. So at that mm-hmm. point they shouldn't have all these super tight muscles that that make them be fixed in that posture. So, you know, it's a lot of it's that they need to actually be aware of their posture and every time they're standing, stand in good posture. And then of course, the other part is giving them the tools such as the core strength, you know, stretching their pecs out. Because if you think about gymnastics, some of the positions we do like a hollow hold is really important. But if you don't get out of that position, then you have poor posture. Got it. Oh, that's awesome. What do you find to be some of the best things about your job and some of the hardest things about your job? I absolutely love working with gymnasts. Um, I tend to be the one everybody loves in the gym because the, <laughs> the coaches, you know, are the tough ones and they, they give them the hard time, you know, um, in a healthy way. But and then there's, of course, me, who's the one who's protecting them. You know, whether they're starting to get a little bit broken down and overused, I'm the one who's going to intervene with the, with the coach and say, we got to rest from this skill or that skill, you know, really help them feel better and, and make sure that they're working on areas that they need to, to be their best and to feel better. So that's the best part. You know, the girls, I really am a part of these girls. I think of them as mine. They text me at nine at night, I'm responding. Or if a coach needs to get a girl into a doctor, I do it in a second, you know, so it's really a, it's a, it's a job outside of a job. But, you know, I'm absolutely willing to do it because of all the amazing aspects I get from it. It's just seeing girls get better and helping them and knowing, watching them compete and watching them be successful. So that's the best feeling and the best thing you can ever give me. But the hardest part is when I have to tell them no and I have to take them out of a meet and I have to shut them down or tell them they tore their ACL. Um, Those things break my heart and break their heart as well. So, yep. Yeah. Understood. (laughs) Nobody likes injuries. That's for sure. Yes. (laughs) So do you now with all the knowledge you've gained over the years working professionally as a PT and in the sport, do you feel like there are things you could have done to help prevent the injuries you had or was it genetic? Like what? I mean, that's a lot of shoulder injuries. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's one of the reasons I started the injury prevention assessments is in the assessment, I also tell kids if they're hypermobile, if they have um, hypermobile, meaning like their their joints are really lax and therefore they should be strengthening their joints more. You know, you see those girls with really hyperextended elbows. That's going to put them at risk for an elbow OCD lesion, which is an elbow injury that needs surgery, you know, or that's going to put them at risk for ACLs or hyperextending their knee. Um, so there's a lot of different aspects that we can see prior to them getting injured and we can say, okay, we need to protect this and work on this. Your shoulders are really rounded and and we need to protect this. We need to work on this, you know, so your upper back is really stiff. If you don't get that, you can have a lower back injury because you're Mm -hmm. only moving through your lower back in your bridge. You're not actually moving through your upper back and you need to share the rainbow throughout the entire spine. If not, you just overload one segment. So there's a lot of things that we can see prior to them getting injured. um, And also, being instrumental in their growth spurts and making sure that their muscle length is going along with the bone length so that they don't get these Seavers and uh, Oscar Slaughter's injuries. So looking back at myself as an athlete, I know one of my biggest things was 
I had super rounded shoulders and they just weren't in the right position. So I, as I was doing all these crazy and tight shoulders too, they were tight. Um, Mm -hmm. The really fun, crazy skills I did on bars were not the right skills for me. (laughs) Uh Um, You know, obviously as somebody, I did a Jaeger, but with tight shoulders, now looking back, it would have been better for me to do a Ginger, you know? And those are actually (laughs) recommendations that I do make for for athletes. If somebody who has a little bit of a back problem, I'm going to tell them, okay, this year we're learning release moves. This is a better release move for you to learn than this one. You know, it's just about, there's tons of skills you can pick from, but making sure you maybe pick the right ones for the right athlete. Right. You know, I, I would have loved to have this as a gymnast. I think I would have definitely, definitely um, had less surgeries mm-hmm. <laughs> and hopefully, and probably, you know, having somebody who understood the sport with my shoulders would have helped a lot because I don't think anybody ever told me when I could really go back. They were just like, okay, you rehabbed, you're done, go back. But there was a huge difference between being healed and being ready for gymnastics. Right. So. Right. Wow. Now, do you think, I mean, it sounds like my opinion or my takeaway on this was like everybody at a certain level probably needs to go in and meet with somebody to have this sort of assessment and make sure that they're training right and that there's no weaknesses that are being missed that need to be treated before injuries really start to happen. Like how do you, is there a point in a gymnast career where they should think about maybe going in for physical therapy just because they want to prevent injuries or how do you, I don't know. I don't know how to frame the question. Well, well no, absolutely. Absolutely. I look at it as your yearly checkup for your doctor, right? They okay. make you get a physical every year because they want to make sure that nothing's happening wrong. Nothing's going on, you know, and they, they're just making sure your growth is right. Making sure that you're, you're breathing well, you know, all of those general things. As a gymnast, it's just as important to get a, a tune up and to get a check every year as well. And that's what I look at it, it as. It's making sure that, you know, you're, you're actually engaging your core correctly. You're opening your hips correctly. You're, you're, you're making sure your glutes are firing instead of your, um, your erector spine and your lumbar spine when you're, when you're setting for a skill. So there's all these little things that we can see and notice. And I think it would be beneficial for people to have this every year. And of course, it's something that I try to initiate in the gyms that we do every year and then create plans for them to, to get better. You know, a lot of times I leave them with exercises they should do in between each event. So while they're waiting for vault, they have really hypermobile ankles. This is the exercise they should be doing to strengthen their vault in between each turn. So we, we try to give them things that are part of their day and that it becomes just second nature and they do it. And then when I see them the next year, you know, hopefully that has actually gotten stronger. You know, um, of course I see them throughout to kind of update exercises, but at the same time, at least they have that knowledge and sort of that preventative routine. Um, yeah, you know, there's kids who are super tight and I, I get them, uh, every day before practice, five, come five minutes early. And this is your foam rolling routine. Cause these are your areas that you need to foam roll on. You know, every kid is different. There's these really tight kids. There's these really hypermobile loose kids. So it's what's, what you're giving to the kid. Um, yeah, yep. the coach does a, a fantastic job of a group, but they cannot specify it to each kid because they, they don't have the knowledge of the injuries and the, the medical part. And also they don't have that that luxury of being one-on-one with a kid, you know, there's a group, so they have to do what's best for the group. Yeah. I really help make it specific to the kid. So if they aren't in New Jersey and working with you, what kind of doctor, you know, cause I feel like for a physical therapist, you have to get referred by another doctor. 
most of the time? So, or that so was that, my experience? That's actually incorrect now. There's something called direct okay. access. You can definitely see a physical therapist without a doctor script. Um, wow. It's different in every state what the state laws are. But in general, you can definitely see the physical therapist. Some states, they let you have 30 days before you need a doctor script. Some states, it's 15. Some is just the evaluation. But that actually going in and seeing the therapist, we do have that direct access because we are doctorates now. Um, and hmm. so they, I would say, yes, go to your therapist and, and say, I'm, I'm here. Generally, you might just say, I'm having some back discomfort or some foot discomfort, and I want an overall body checkup. And they can go ahead and do an evaluation for that and they can look and, and tell you what your areas are, weakness that's going to help prevent that. Are there specific credentials that are affiliated with, the, like, when people are looking for the right physical therapist for them, are there certain things that they should be looking for? Yeah, there's letters after people's names, which do mean, mean different um, credentials. So, you know, obviously the DPT means you're a doctorate, a physical therapist, which means you've gone a little bit higher to get your doctorate, um, something which is an SCS, which is your certified in sports, a sports certified um, specialist. That is, okay. is really good too, because that means that person has gone extra to get the certification in actually sports. And your OCS means you're certified in orthopedics, so you're an orthopedic certified specialist. And these are all different programs that some people do a residency in. Um, you have to you have to take a year long course. You have to take a, a very extensive test. So those are the letters you're looking for after somebody's name to know that they stand out from the crew. And anyone who's had any manual certifications, you know that that also that's something that there's a bunch of different letters for those, but that's something that you can look for as well. And of course, if they had gymnastics experience, even better, you know, right. we, we're asking for a lot there, but, you know, I think that somebody with a gymnastics experience really understands the sport and can, can put the two knowledge of physical therapy and the sport together. That's so cool. Oh my gosh. Well, we've gone a little bit long, so I'm going to skip a bunch of questions and ask you my final question. So what does life in a Leo mean to you? Life in a Leo means what is your gymnastics experience and make it the life you want it to be. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on around now about people having negative experiences or positive experiences. You know, I was fortunate enough to have an amazing positive experience with the sport despite the injuries, but that that's part of it, right? I was able to come back from that. I was able to be positive with it and just keep going and make sure that feedback I received was was I would take it as not affecting me as a person. I didn't ever think if somebody yelled at me or told me I wasn't doing something right, that it was about me. I thought it was, it was just to make me a better individual and I would never take it personally. So I think that made me a stronger athlete and made the sport really give me tools for life to be an amazing um, professional and, you know, have a work ethic that's, that's fantastic and carry that through to even being a wife and a mother and, and, and a, a professional. So I just tell people life in a Leo is what is it, what is your experience to you and how could you make it the most positive experience? And if it's not, find a place that's going to make it positive for you. This is a, a wonderful sport. You know, if it's, if it's the injuries that are nagging you down, find the right therapist to help you. If it's, you know, you're not having the best experience day to day in the gym, you know, try to make it positive. And if it's not, try to find the right fit for you in gym wise. You know, I want this sport to, to be positive for everybody. So I want you to think of it as your life in a Leo. What is your life? And it, it's, it's your life. So make it positive and happy and, and always take it with, it's an experience for life to make you a better person um, and come out of it as a better person. 
That's awesome. Oh, I love it. Marla, thank you so much for your time today. This was amazing. You're welcome. Thank you for, you know, taking the time to interview me and bringing me on. I appreciate it. What did you guys think? I thought that was such an interesting interview. Marla has had some incredible experiences. I loved hearing her talk about the importance of posture. I have to admit, I've been focusing on keeping my shoulders pulled back more while sitting at my computer. Probably not enough though. Feel free to reach out and let me know what you learned and what you enjoyed from the episode. You can reach me at Rebecca at leotard.com or on Instagram at Rebecca's Mom Leo. It's the end of the year, so I just want to thank you all again for your continued support. This community really means so much to us. We hope everyone has been enjoying the holidays, whatever you might be celebrating. We can't wait to bring you some more great interviews in 2019. And college season is starting soon. Woohoo! Hope everyone has a happy new year. Keep up all the hard work out there. Stretch and condition. And of course, don't forget to point your toes.